Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. This morning we want to ask the question, what now? The question that's on the table is, what's next? Makes me think of the college student who walks across the stage and after four years of study, he shakes the professor's hand and he grabs the degree and the certificate and he walks right back gets in his car and drives away thinking that every day I've studied, every day I've taken tests, every day I've written papers, and now, after four, six, eight years, now what? Some kids have an answer, some people don't. Obviously, I'm going to move back in with mom and dad and have some clothes washed. My my clothes haven't been folded in four years. I'm ready for a home-cooked meal. Some kids have an answer and some people don't. But the question is way more important when it comes into our life today. Just coming off of a great revival, something where God moved, where God spoke, changed our lives, hopefully to, to impact this community. And now we are asking the question, now what? What now? What's next? Because so many times in my life, and I know that we have all seen it, we can see in two weeks someone go from a spiritual high. I'm going to reach the world for God. Maybe I'm called to ministry. Who knows? I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I am on fire for God. They go from a spiritual high to a spiritual hiatus, and it takes about 11 days. And I'm just saying, church, let it not be so with us. Let let it not be so with us. I think sometimes we just rely so much on ourselves. Am I right? That we can do it. That we got the power in us to maintain a life of spiritual disciplines. And let me hear to tell you today, you can't do it. We can't do it. But thank God, the hope of the world isn't in us. It is Christ in us. That is the hope of glory. And so right now, God, I just pray, God, that you would get us out of the way. God, that you would get me out of the way. God, whatever you have to do with us, whatever you have for us today, that your Spirit would do it through us, that your Spirit would come in. God, that you would live the Christian life that we will fail to live. God, that your Spirit will change our lives for the better, that we would start taking some practical steps. Maybe somebody today is going to give their life to Christ. Great. Maybe somebody is going to come down and say, hey, look, I I, I, I want to have a plan. I want to have a, a plan to serve you God great but God what I pray more than anything is God that you would speak to us this morning God so that it would change our lives in your name I pray amen and amen so before we talk about the plan uh 
what's next. Before we get there, let me tell you um, three things that, that are not the next steps, okay? So here, I'm going to tell you three things that are not, that we should not do next, all right? So if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10, and we're going to be in verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9. The other day, me and Cap, um, we got excited to go watch a, a, a movie, and, and there was a book about the movie, and, and here's the name of the movie, okay? It's called, Where, you know what I'm about to say? The Crawl Dads Sing. And so I'm pumped up. I'm thinking that this movie is about to be awesome. It's about to be some, about some I mean, with the Crawl Dads, we're going to be crawfishing in New Orleans, maybe even be a little shrimping. It's going to be like Forrest Gump number two. I'm excited to see this movie. I watched the entire movie, and there wasn't one crawfish in the whole thing. I was so disappointed. I was so mad. And not even to say all that, I mean, me and Kat, we've been doing a little thing uh, in the past probably year or so where we try not to watch anything above, like, uh, PG-13, you know? So, like, if it's R, M-A, mature audience or something, we just, like, try to stick PG-13 down. So <laughs> our movie nights consist of, like, uh, Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> I don't know, uh, what's another one, a good one, babe, what, How to Train a Dragon, I don't know, you know, just the most goofiest movies that we have on movie night, but anyways, we get there, and y'all know this is rated, this crawdad singing thing, is rated PG-13, so I'm thinking, we're safe, until 15 minutes into the movie, they're cuddling, and that's my PG-13 way of saying and well, you know, it's, I was like, okay. I look at Kat, I'm like, what did we sign up for? She's like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I was like, it's fine, you know. I don't know, but about an hour into the movie, how long it was, I said, Kat, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. I got up. It's the only movie I've ever done this to. I got up and I left that movie theater. I said, peace out. I'm gone. I'm leaving this. So I'm sitting outside, you know, like texting in or, or whatever. So finally, Kat, y'all pray for her. She's staying. Watch the whole thing. So, so she, finally comes in. she finally comes in and she's like, I was like, babe, on a scale of one to ten, with 10 being the greatest and 1 being the least, I would rate that movie a negative 7 million. You know, like, oh my gosh, it was awful. It was not what I was expecting. Something different. And that's exactly where we pick up in 1 Samuel 10. The Israelites were expecting a great king. They looked around and they saw how everybody else had a king, and so they said, hey, I want, I, I want to be a king. I want to have a king. And I could preach this morning how if you're always looking at what everybody else has, you will never let God do the work that He wants to do in your life. I'm not going to preach that this morning, though. Look with me. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9, and, and here's what it says. I saw turned and started to leave, God gave him, what happened? A new heart. And all Samuel's signs were fulfilled that day. When Saul and his servant arrived at Geba, they saw a group of prophets coming towards them. And then the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy. When those who knew Saul heard about it, they exclaimed, What? Is even Saul a prophet? 
How did the son of Kish become a prophet? And one of those standing there, this is what he said. Can anyone become a prophet? No matter who his father is. So that is the origin of the saying is even Saul a prophet. Look, they had a saying and started roasting Saul. Can anybody be a prophet, just even Saul? Verse 13, this is what happened. When Saul had finished prophesying, he went up to the place of worship. Let me say it again. When Saul had finished prophesying, he went up to the place of worship. Remember this. Verse 14. Where have you been, Saul's uncle asked him, and his servant began. We were looking for the donkeys, Saul replied, but we couldn't find them. So we went to Samuel to ask him where they were. Oh, what did he say, his uncle asked. Verse 16, he told us that the donkeys had already been found, Saul replied. But Saul didn't tell his uncle what Samuel said about the kingdom. Namely, by the way, that Saul was going to be the, the king, the, new, the first king of Israel ever. Verse 17 then, it says this. Later, Samuel called all the people of Israel to meet before the Lord at Mizpah. And he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, has declared. I brought you from Egypt and rescued you from the Egyptians, from all the other nations that were oppressing you. But though I have rescued you from the misery and the distress, you have rejected your God today. And you have said, no, we want a king instead. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by tribes and clans. And things after this was about to go extremely unexpected. Not what they were expecting. Get this. So Samuel brought all the tribes, verse 20, of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by Lot. Then he brought each family from the tribe of Benjamin, and the family of the Matrites were chosen, and finally Saul of Kish was chosen from among them. But when they looked for him, he had disappeared. He had disappeared. Verse 22. Don't miss this. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. Some of your translations read, among the garbage. So they found him, they brought him out, and he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. So from verse 9 to verse 22, about 11 verses happened. And between Saul having the Holy Spirit prophesying, going to the place of worship, he then finds himself hiding in the garbage. So point number one that's not to do, don't go back to the garbage. Don't go back to the baggage. Almost every time in Scripture, what we see happen after a great working of God is temptation is right out the door. And here's what Paul says. He says this. He says that temptation crouches at the door waiting, waiting to devour you. And I'm telling you, it's, all, it's probably already happened to you right now. But if it happened, if it hasn't, give it a week. Give it a week. And hear me. Here's what will happen. I bet it's already happened. I bet it's already happened. You've had a move of God, a spiritual high, and this week I bet you felt Satan saying, hey, you sp come on. I got something better than that. 
I got something different than that. I bet it's happened. And my plea, my plea to you today is to say, don't take it. Don't go back in the garbage. Here's what Jesus says, just as a dog, I'm sorry, Ben, Ben, returns to his vomit and a pig returns to its sty, so a sinner returns to sin. And there is a high price to pay. Listen to what Hebrews 6 says. You can turn there if you want to. Um, Hebrews 6, it says this, all right? I'm not making this up. This is in your Bible. Verse 4, For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves have nailed themselves to the cross, once again holding Him up to public shame. And so once we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, be very careful not to go straight back to the garbage, straight back to the baggage that you once had. Number two thing, number two thing, um, the second thing that um, we should not do, that's not what's next for us, is do you see that verse, he? It's, is he plural or singular? That was a question, and uh, like, like, I'm going to ask it one more time, and let's see if I can get something... He, uh, he, H-E, is that a singular a noun or a, or a pronoun or a plural? Singular, right? It's one. Number two, don't be an island. Do not be an island. Look, we have and we are having Bible, Bible studies. We are having Sunday school. We have Wednesday night, Sunday morning. Be a part of a church. What happens is because he, being Saul, goes and gets in the garbage and he's by himself. And that's when Satan gets him. And in our lives, we need to have friends. We need to have mentors. We need to have leaders. We need to have people positioned in our lives that can help us Achieve what God has called us to. Don't be an island. Get plugged in somewhere. Somewhere get plugged in. Number three, um, if you would, turn with me. We're going to turn um, a couple of chapters um, down. And we're going to go to chapter 13. And if you're got chapter 13 ready, go all the way down to, um, it's going to be verse 8. And what happens is, is that Saul is ready to do this great thing for God. He's ready to, to really <laughs> do some amazing uh, works for the kingdom. But here's what happens. Um, I'm going to start kind of in verse 7, right at the beginning. It says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling in fear. So Saul waited there for seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, comma, but 
Samuel still didn't come. So Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me some of the burnt offerings and the peace offerings as Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him, but Samuel replied, What is this that you have done? The other day, um, it was like three days ago, and Kat, I love her to death, um, you know, but, but she likes vegetables, and, and, and I don't like vegetables too, just this, the most, you know, like vegetables are not my favorite thing. And she had the nerve, y'all, the gall, the audacity, under the roof of which we are both living, to cook the worst vegetable ever, Brussels sprouts. And so I'm outside cooking hamburgers because meat, you know, manly men, meat, right? I'm, I'm smelling that great charcoal, that lighter fluid smell until I walk in and my poor wife is slaving over the oven with the worst smell. It almost makes me pass out. And I lost it, y'all. I'm sorry to tell y'all this. I lost it. I said, Cat, this smells terrible in here. And all the things you could have cooked, you chose Brussels sprouts. How many times have we gone over it? You're thinking, she's going to kill you, Drake. I, I asked her if I could use this example. I said, Cat, I said, as long as you're living with me under my house in my walls where I, you know, where I I live, do not for the life of me cook some Brussels sprouts anymore. To which she so slightly smiled and said, it's Randy's house. (laughs) And Shirley Ray's. Get out! Go! Love you, babe. This is what's happening. Saul thinks that, oh, the house of God is my house. I can do what I want. No, 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 no. No, this right here, where we are, this is God's house. Much more, let me say this, you are, you and I, we are the house of God. We make up the temple of God. And what does Saul decide to do? He says, I'm not going to wait on God. I'm going to do what I want to do. So number three is this. Do not outrun God. What do I mean when I say that? God is like a car and you are like a yield sign. And when you yield, what does that mean? You wait to see where God's direction is turning and you yield and follow behind God. In our lives, we should do the same. Where is God heading? What is God leading me to do? I'm not going to get out in front of God and let Him follow me. No, I will yield and wait to see where God is having me. Look at the verse 8. It says this, Saul waited there for seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. Then do you see the comma but right there? I kind of did some digging, and um, I kind of looked at that that but, and I circled it, and I I figured out that that but is a a conjunction. Do you all know that? The way I figured it out is conjunction, junction, what's your function? You're right, okay. So I found there's different types of conjunctions. 
But this conjunction is called an adversative conjunction. And what an adversative conjunction means is that it cancels out what comes before it. So I'll give you an example of this in your everyday life. Uh, no offense, but whatever they say after that, like you might as well discredit that. Uh, no offense, but your breast stinks. No offense, but you know uh, you you you, you kind of can't sing. No offense, but you know you kind of uh, God's expanding your territory a little bit. You may want to you know I don't know wear a bigger shirt or something. No offense. Oh, no, uh, it has canceled out what became for, what came before. Well, Lord, bless their heart. Lord, bless them. But, oh, my goodness. She, he talks about 37% too much and too loud. I'm sorry. God bless them. It cancels out. You see this? That's exactly what this is. It cancels out what's become first. So what happened? Saul did wait. Saul waited for seven days for Samuel. That's good. That's great. Saul, let me give you a hand. Let's give Saul a hand. Great. You waited. You waited seven days, Saul. Good. Good. I'm so glad you waited, Saul. You waited seven days. Comma, but. What does he do after he did something good? But Samuel still didn't come, so Saul realized that his troops was leaving. So Saul demanded, bring me the burnt offerings of peace. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. And I'm here to tell you, if we do not yield before God, come into his house and say, God, where do you want us to leave? We're not going to go out in front of you. We will wait on you, Lord. And just as it's the comma but, spiritual high, don't let what God has done in our life disqualify us from what God wants to do in our future. Next week, and the next week, and the next. So what are the couple of things that God wants to do? What are the couple of things that God, what is next? If we talked about what's not next, what is next? I'll tell you what's next. Number one is simply this, is baptism. Is baptism. Some of people came forward, some people gave their life to Christ, um, the next step for you is taking the plunge, uh, taking the next step in baptism. Um, I'll explain it like this. I went to a, a, a wedding this weekend, and as I went to the wedding, the man and the husband, they, they said, hey, look, we want to make a public declaration of our relationship and commitment to each other. And therefore, they stood in front of all the people, and they said, I do. In a way, that sums up baptism. Paul says this, Repent, then be baptized. Does being baptized make you saved? Absolutely not. How can you prove that? Look at the thief on the cross. But it is a symbol, just as this wedding ring is a symbol, that I have a relationship with someone. I have a You're thinking, not long after that story. Okay, fair enough. A relationship with who? With Christ. I have a relationship with Christ. And so for some of you today, after church, you're going to say, hey, look, I made this commitment, I made this confession, and I'll, I just want to share in the baptism. I want to come up and tell everybody, hey, I will say, number two, I'm going to challenge everybody. I'm going to challenge everybody in the room. You don't have to do this, okay? But it is just a challenge for me. And the challenge is to do something that you may have never done before. 
and that is to fast. To fast. It's like, I've never fasted before from Monday to Friday. You think, what is fasting? I'll give you a simple definition of what fasting is. Fasting is when you replace something that has a stronghold in your life and re-enter praises to God and growth in discipleship. And so what do I mean when I say that? Here's what I mean. Is that a lot of people fast from food. Why do they do that? Because it takes a lot to, 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 to kill it you know, or buy it, and then you got to clean it, and then you got to prepare it, and then Lord knows you got to cook it, and then what? You have to clean up everything after? It takes a lot of time, so a lot, a lot of people do. They fast from food, but that is not, by any stretch of the imagination, the only thing that you can fast from. You can fast. I was, me and Kat was talking about it on our way over here. He's like, hey, honey, what are you going to fast from? And, 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 and she told me that she was can I share this? What did you say that you're going to fast from? Can I? Instagram. Okay, social media. I'm, 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 I'm going to fast from Instagram this week, from Monday to Friday. And I said, okay, that's good. I'm going to, uh, what am I, I going to, do you remember what I said? N- Netflix and then one more, Facebook. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm, we're gonna, that's, that's our goal is to take out Netflix, to take out Instagram, to take out Facebook. And what are we going to do? Are we going to stop watching Netflix just to play more Xbox, man? And like, you know, we're going to take out something that has strongholds in our life that we spend an hour, two hours, three hours every day doing. We're taking that out and then we're doing what? We're inserting, maybe it'll be Bible reading. Maybe it'll be prayer. Maybe it'll be just being silent and letting God speak to us. And so I want to I say this. Look, take today. Think about what God may be calling you, what has a stronghold in your life. What do you spend a lot of time doing? I don't know. But think about what it is and say, hey, look, I can live without that Monday through Friday. And it's just a challenge. Can you do that? I'm going to fast from something. Number three, and this is the last one, it's this. It is to lead. It's to lead. It's to lead. Maybe you're someone in here where God is going to call you, hey, I want you to lead a Bible study group. I want you to go find four or five people in your life no more, no less, four to five people. And, and I want to invite them to my house, maybe over to eat, to do something and, and pick up the Bible and read it. Maybe it's a book or a, 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 a discipleship book that we're going to walk through. And maybe God's calling you to lead one of those in the next week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to come. Some of you, maybe God's calling to lead at your work. Maybe you're going to leave here today and you're going to say, I got four or five people's names in my phone. I'm going to call them all right now and say, hey, look, five minutes before work, will you get there and will you pray with me? And you're going to be a spiritual leader in the workplace. And y'all, you get together, share your heart, share prayer requests, and you're going to pray with each other. Maybe some of you guys calling to lead here, to step up here and lead. But if I have to guess, maybe a lot of you are like me and you're thinking, there's no way I'm qualified to lead. Well, let me tell you this last story. I don't know if any of you have heard of NetPeta before, and you probably never have. 
But in 2000, a dude by the name of Jimmy Wales and Jerry Swagger, which is pretty cool names, decided that they wanted to launch Napita. And what Napita was is they was going to get people with the highest pedigree of learning. So like the PhD, the doctors, the highest um, so, uh, ethical psychologists, moral, uh, uh, um, philosophers, people that had the highest degree, and they was going to get them all together, and they were going to write a paper. And in three years, in three years, of all the insight that they got, they had 24 papers written. 24 papers. And so the, all the money and all the time they had to revamp in 2003, they actually did. They revamped and said, you know what? The problem is that we're only taking the top of the top, the people who have the highest learning. Let's just take the everyday people. Maybe if they're a, a professional plumber and we have an article about a sink, we want to we we, we, we tell them, hey, this is how you fix a, a clogged up sink. And so any professional, anyone who knows significant information about a certain topic, we're going to allow them to pour into here. And they changed the name from Wikipedia in 2003 to Wikipedia in 2004. And today, Wikipedia is the largest, the largest encyclopedia known to man in the human history. What I'm trying to get you to see is that you don't have to be top of your line. All you have to be is an everyday, average human being like me and you, willing to serve, willing to step out and lead. And God will use average people to do a mighty work in His name. Somebody told me the other day, if you wait till you can afford it, you'll never have a kid. And I'm here to tell you today, if you wait till you think you're qualified to lead, you will never lead anyone anywhere good. But God is calling us to take that next step and lead. So what's next? Maybe it's baptism for you. Maybe it is fasting for you. Maybe it is to step up and be a leader to lead something, a Bible study, a prayer group. Maybe it's something different. God is calling us all. And so whatever this is, we're about to enter into a time of praise and, and fellowship. But here's what I also want to say. This altar is open for whatever you need to pray. You don't have to come see me. Uh, you come to God. God, what is it that you want me to fast from? Where is it that you want me to lead, God? Maybe you're one of those people where Satan has been knocking at the door and you say, God, I want to get on my knees. And I want to say, God, I want to say no to that knocking. I don't want to go back to the garbage. God, help me flee from that and turn to you. But whatever it is, as we pray, I invite everyone to come. Let's pray. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. God, I pray will you take the, the mantle of what's next in our life because God, you have set us up to set us apart for your glory. And so God, I pray that we would not miss that. That although the revival was so important in our lives, it was not as important as the question, what's next? Where will you take us from here? And so God, I pray that you would take us to the highest places, God. That you would call us, that we would become leaders, God. That we would, if we have given our life to Christ, that we would be baptized. God, I pray that you would leave us not into temptation, not into the garbage, not into the baggage, but God, deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom, the privilege, the glory forever. In your name I pray, God. Amen and amen. If you feel led, you come.